Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Allie. And this is Jason. And I'm just excited that I get to sit with kind of an unprepared Allie. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? That is very fair. Yes. (laughs) So today's conversation, we literally were like, let's just start recording and talk. So whatever comes out, you're hearing. And I'm excited because you got to talk with Pastor Craig just a few minutes ago about how to live a better way. And I just want to know, was anything he was saying already connecting with you? Like, what are you thinking right now? Yes, 100%. Every time I hear him talk, I always am like, oh, man, it's really good. But now I have all these action steps. And so (laughs) I really liked one thing he shared was that people are really good at things on the first try. Hmm. And I think about how in a Better Way series, the first week he's talking about, you know, why we need this better way and everything and healthier relationship with work and rest. And every time I try to rest, like take a Sabbath or something, it's a dumpster fire, Jason. (laughs) Literally everything goes wrong. And it's just like, why did I even do this? And so I think just having him say like, it's okay, just try again next time. Yeah. was like, oh yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. So if you're listening, you have permission to not already be good at this. That's why we're talking about it. And I'm just super excited because I get to say, let's go hear from our pastor, Craig Rochelle. Well, Pastor Craig, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the You've Heard It Said podcast with us. We're so excited to have you. And I know that Life Groups are going to have a really great conversation about your message series. Well, good. Thank you, Alan. Glad to be here. And hello to the Life Groups. Well, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning of your message that I think a lot of us can relate to. You're kind of talking about how sometimes it feels like we're checking off the right boxes. Like we're we're a Life Group. Mm -hmm. We're serving. We're reading our Bibles. But we feel far from God or like our lives just aren't really working. Mm -hmm. And then I think about how you took time off thinking this is going to help. And then that's not exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And so how did you process the disappointment of doing this good thing that didn't really turn out the way you expected? Right. Well, for one thing, I think rest is an incredibly important biblical perspective that, Mm -hmm. that we should take. And weekly rest is really important. And I can imagine all the people in life group right now that probably like me, we haven't always honored the Sabbath. And so that's an issue. And then disconnecting in in our current culture, we're always, 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 always connected. And you're probably too young to even remember a time when you could go somewhere and not have your phone ring or someone text you or, or, you know, know where you were the whole time and have an email interrupt anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think that little by little, in many ways, we have progress with technology, but it's also become, we become a prisoner to it. Mm -hmm. And so... I think a lot of people, whether they have a grueling job or not, probably find themselves connected more often. And so we tried to disconnect and to really unwind. And the vacation didn't go exactly as we had hoped with um, you know, a lot of things going the other way. Mm-hmm. But in, in many ways, we still were committed to it, meaning mm-hmm. yeah. even though we didn't have some of the fun or recreation that we wanted to be able to have, we still were taking time off and that was good. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. creating content, wasn't um, trying to face a lot of the more difficult decisions that, that we have to make in the church and uh, some of the heavy, weighty, ongoing pastoral concerns. And so we just pressed into it and said, even though this isn't as, as fun or engaging as we'd want, it's still really, really important to rest. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we went it that way. And ultimately, 
sometimes whenever life's not going your way, it's really easy to, to be upset or complain or be negative. Mm. And I ultimately had the sense and try to always keep the perspective that, God, you are doing something. I don't mm. like it. I'm not excited <laughs> about it. This isn't what I chose, but I want to look for you in it. And so mm. we continue to just try to look for what is God trying to teach us in the middle of this. And mm. evidently he had quite a bit to teach us. Right? Yeah, that's really good. I like that you say that because sometimes I think we try these new disciplines and then we get kind of frustrated because it's like we tried Sabbath and then our kid got sick or we tried right. something and it didn't really work out. And so for anybody who's maybe tried to implement some of these things in the past, but maybe it didn't go well the first time, what advice would you give them? I would say I would probably expect it not to go well the first time and most mm-hmm. of what we try to do because we're really rarely great at something the first time. And this was my first kind of extended break. And I hope it won't be the last because I did learn some things about how to prepare for it, what we can do differently next time to maximize the recovery time. And so I I think that's a part of it. It's really easy to give up when something doesn't go the way we want it to. And sometimes even people say it must not be God's will or whatever, or it could be that you just aren't good at it yet, or it could be their spiritual opposition or whatever. So I think if anything's important, if it doesn't go well the first time, Consider that a lesson and try to make it better the second time, but don't walk away from the important disciplines. That's really good. So I also wanted to thank you for your vulnerability in this message series, just because you shared a lot of things that are really personal and that are so helpful for all of us. And one of the things that you said that I just can't stop thinking about is the way you were doing the work of God was destroying the work of God in you. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us kind of had that powerful, like, oh, I that might be true of me too. Mm -hmm. And so for you, when you looked at your life, what were some of the disconnects between how you were living and working and this better way that Jesus offers? I think that for whatever reason, all of us have wounds, hurts, dysfunctions in in our lives. And sometimes those dysfunctions can wreck us Mm -hmm. and we end up coping in really bad ways. Other times they can make us successful in the short term and then wreck us later, right? (laughs) And so there are times when I'll try to work to prove myself or I'll wrongly work to try to find fulfillment in achievement versus just relationship. And so I think that that works, meaning it helps you to be driven and get a lot done. But if, if that's all you do and you do it for the wrong reasons, ultimately it'll catch up with you. And so I think I just have been driven for a long, 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 long time. When I started studying Jesus just with the different eyes, not just what he said, but really looking at how did he live. And he wasn't rushed like I'm rushed. And he had a lot more time to slow down for people. And what it really blew me away, Allie, is that he only had three years of public ministry to do what he did. And I've been at this mm-hmm. for 25 years. And if he got as much done as he did in three years without being rushed, then I can get a lot done in 25, 30, 40 years and maybe not be rushed. So my kind of goal is to um, not get up so early in the morning. I could get really ridiculously early on some study days and work too many nights, but do it in a rhythm that is more sustainable over time and believing that at the same time we'll continue to have even even greater impact, meaning Mm -hmm. the amount of people we reach isn't necessarily a reflection of how hard or how much I work that I can Mm -hmm. work smarter, wiser, according to the rhythms that God would have me to work. And he can multiply it. He can Mm -hmm. continue to do what he does that I can't do. 
So I'm pretty optimistic about what it's going to look like. And I loved how when you were sharing all of that, you told us why, but then you also told us how difficult it can sometimes be. Mm -hmm. So we know that this way of Jesus is better, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's easier. And so what are some things that maybe you found difficult or frustrating about this pace of Jesus and the way that he lived his life? Well, it frustrates me. He was so relaxed all the time and I'm not. So he's the son of God, the savior of the world. He's sinless and he's not stressed. And he's saying, (laughs) don't worry about tomorrow. And I'm kind of obsessing about tomorrow. And he, you know, he says tomorrow has enough to worry about itself. You know, scripture really, and not just Jesus, but James says, you're not promised tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. so Jesus seemed to really be focused in the moment. And a lot of times, I think for a lot of people I know, including myself, it's sometimes hard to be in the moment because you're thinking about you know, what you could have done, should have done, what you need to get done. And so that's not only hard to be in the moment all the time, but it's incredibly important to be in the moment. So that's one thing I'm working on is being um, incredibly present. And that's one of the weeks that we're going to talk about in the upcoming in series. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing about that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about that. I liked how you talked about some of the things that have been difficult for you, but what are some things that you're learning as you're implementing some new rhythms? Like, what are you learning about God and how is your life changing as a result of pursuing this better way? Well, I say there's so much. One of the illustrations I have is, because I probably haven't rested as much as I should, is it's a little bit, to me, it's like the tithe. The tithe doesn't make a lot of sense, right? right. You know, if, if we take the first 10% of what God trusts us with and give it to him, and then somehow— he extends what we have. We, we're more blessed as we tithe. I'm viewing rest like that as kind of like a tithe that I'm going to give him. I even joke about it. We typically say, I'm going to give God my first and my best. I'm going to give God my first and my rest. Mm-hmm. And so I'm viewing it as like a spiritual act, mm-hmm. not like, you know, I was always programmed to think that's lazy or mm-hmm. you're not going to get as much mm-hmm. done. So it's, I'm going to give this to you first and believe that you're going to give me more creativity or more wisdom mm. or more spiritual power if I set that aside first. And and I feel that. You know, mm. So it's fun to see God's principles work. They yeah. kind of work, right? That's really good. Because I think that working a lot is something that's really easy to justify yeah. because it's like, I'm not hurting anybody. But what I'm hearing you say is it's still disobedience though from yeah. like God's rhythms. And so that's a really good perspective as to why we need to implement all of these things. Yeah. One of the things I came across, Allie, that I, I don't know how I'd missed this before, but it was something I read said that, you know, God worked six days and he rested the seventh. Well, mm-hmm. on the seventh day, you know, God's day of rest was his last day in the cycle, mm-hmm. but it was actually Adam's first day. Mm-hmm. And so Adam, the first thing he did was he rested. And so mm-hmm. he worked from a place of rest. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm usually working to get to rest. <laughs> and then the rest sometimes seems insufficient. And so what I want to do is I want to work from a place of rest. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a good perspective for me. Mm-hmm. That is really good. So what do you think it looks like for us to work from rest? Well, I don't know. I think I'm probably talking to a broad group of people and there are some people that really, really need to rest or other people that might need to get up and do something. So I'm not going to tell everybody just to, you know, go on a vacation or whatever. Some people you you might need to go get a job, go hunt something, kill something, bring it home. Right. So, uh, what I would say is my guess is that the vast majority of people right now are too plugged into something. And it might not be just work, but it might be too plugged into the approval of what other people think Mm -hmm. or too hyper-connected to what they post and how people Mm -hmm. respond. Mm -hmm. 
or mm-hmm. too connected to what everybody else is doing on social media or something. Mm-hmm. And so well, I think a good thing to do, Allie, would be to look for wherever our life is out of balance. We're, we're trying mm-hmm. to find meaning in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And so for me, if you get, you know, really analyze it, which sometimes I hate, but it is sometimes helpful is, is the why. If you work so hard, why? Well, part of it is because we mm-hmm. want to reach people. And that's the purest part of it. The other part is, is like, I want to prove that I'm worth something. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the dysfunctional part. As followers of Jesus, we need to look at where are we living in a way that's really different than the way that Jesus lived? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is it something that by the power of the Holy Spirit that we need to let God help us to change? Mm-hmm. That's really good perspective. So another thing that gave me really good perspective in your message is when you talked about the yoke of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so you showed that picture of an actual yoke, which was so powerful because I'd never imagined it like that before. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of questions about that. My first question is, how do we know when we're kind of pushing against the easy yoke of Jesus and pursuing our own way instead of Jesus's better way? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. I think I think the word push is a good word that you, mm. you said. What I want to do is I want to look for times when I'm being led versus trying to push. Mm. And, and I think sometimes we push, right? Like yeah. there's something we want, and so we're going to go get it. If if we're being led, we may still be working hard, or we may be whatever's behind the yoke, but we're doing it at the pace of Jesus, and we're doing it with Jesus. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're not doing mm. it to prove something, to accomplish something, but we're doing it with Jesus. And so that would be tough because then like, how do I know if I'm being led or how, to, how do I post my own desire? And then that goes to week five, if my plan works together, is, is the we just have to have an ongoing awareness of the presence of God. When we wake up in the day, we're trying to align our heart to His. We're trying to align our mind to His so that all through our day, we have an ongoing sense of His presence. He is directing us. He is guiding us. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, well, I want to be letting him lead me and me mm-hmm. follow him rather than me pushing my own desires, my own agenda. Mm-hmm. And if I follow him closely enough, then ultimately I'm praying that my heart becomes conformed to his word. My mm-hmm. mind becomes conformed to his word. So then eventually, like I think it's Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Delight means to be made soft or pliable. Enjoy, so, you get so enthralled in the presence of God where you're so comfortable in his presence, want to be in his presence, desire his presence, that he gives you the desires of your heart. So that can mm-hmm. be interpreted two ways. One is he gives you what you want, or two is he gives you what he wants mm-hmm. and his desires become your desires. And so that's my hope is to be so close to God that ultimately I'm following him and his mm-hmm. desires are my desires mm-hmm. and I'm not pushing my will, but I'm following his prompting. Mm-hmm. That's good for us to think about. And so my final question, I know we could talk about this all day, but we don't want our life groups just to hear this conversation. We want them to have their own conversation and to really take action on what they're hearing. And so what do you hope that life groups talk about this week? And what's one next step that they could take to apply this to their lives? That's a great question. You can't solve a problem that you don't identify, right? And so I, I would start with identifying the number one biggest discrepancy from the way that Jesus lived in the way that we're currently living right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of us, because of our sinful nature, we're all going to have a big way. We're all going to have dozens of ways, likely, right? But you can't fix dozens. But if you fix, fix or work on, let the Holy Spirit lead you to one big one mm-hmm. and let God start doing a healing work there. That's where you're going to get the most spiritual bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. So I would just probably suggest a great topic for discussion in our life groups would be to ask ourselves, 
when we think about, look at, study, observe, admire the life of Jesus, where is the way that we're living the most different from the way that he lived? and name that area, and then let's take it before God and letting him start to do a healing work. And that, the interesting part is, yeah, it's not gonna be fixed by next life group for most people, right? So it's, it's probably not, but that's where you start to do a deep work and letting the Holy Spirit do some work. You, you might meet with a Christian counselor, you might start reading some books about it, you listen to podcasts about it, watching YouTube videos about whatever that is. And then you start on the journey. And it's kind of like what you said earlier. What if you don't get it right? You're probably not going to get it right. It's because we're not that good. But if we can identify, here's how Jesus was living a better way than I am. And in this area, I want to be more like him. Then that can start giving you focus. You can talk about it. You can have some accountability. You can start bringing some other resources or people into your life. You can start praying about it. And then you can start letting the Holy Spirit do a healing work. To, to take you to a better way. There, there are times when it's going to be painful and hard and we'll be persecuted, but it's still, even with the difficult things, it's better. His peace is better. His joy is better. His presence is better. His kingdom values, they're better. His, his way is always better. That's so good. Well, Pastor Craig, thank you again for taking some time to invest in our life groups. We just are really excited for this message series. So thank you for sharing My pleasure. Us. Thanks for being uh, involved in community life groups. That, that means a lot. That is good. When he said the thing about pushing against the yoke of Jesus, and I'm thinking now about myself and somehow locked in and step with Jesus, but I'm trying to push harder or push further or go in a different direction. It's just like, that's dumb. That doesn't make any, like, why, why would I think that actually I had a better way, right? Like, why, why would I think, oh, you know, Jesus, just bear with me for a second. I got this. It's, yeah, I got it. I, I got it, dude. Just, you know, you chill out a little bit. I'm going to take it from here. That just doesn't make any sense. Why do I try to live that way? I, I had the same realization too. I was like, oh, yeah, that is a really good warning sign if I'm pushing versus being led. That's really good. Yep. And I also think his challenge was so convicting this week, but I think it's really healthy. Mm-hmm. And so he invited us to just ask, what is the biggest area where our lives look different than Jesus's life. And he said, you know, there may be like 50 that you think of, yep. but pick that one. Maybe it's the one that everybody in life groups kind of like elbowing themselves around. Like, eh, that's probably your one. Yep. And get their input and go with that one. Yeah. I love that idea of if you can't think of your thing, maybe ask your friends, your life group, your family, do you see any ways in my life where I might be pushing against the yoke of Jesus, where I might be out in front of him, where I my life doesn't look like him? So talk about it and then don't just talk about it, but think about it. And yeah. I love how you also shared, it's probably not going to be immediately fixed by your next life group, but it is something that you can continue to talk about together. Right. People don't always do new things right the first time, but keep trying, commit to it and watch God change your life. We hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode for Pastor Craig's A Better Way message series. Make sure you and your life group are making plans to attend every week because I really think that this has the potential to be one of those anchor messages that you'll come back to for years to come. We'll link to the series, the Bible plan, and more in the conversation guide in the show notes wherever you're listening. Also, stay tuned for another bonus episode next week with Pastor Craig. You can subscribe to be notified when it releases at www.life.church.yhis. Have a great week.